Pesach and Perak Ches Mishnaches, 8-8, last of the Perak. And we're going to revisit the topic of the Onen for a moment. You recall the Onen from a couple of Mishnahes ago was the person who was in the intense state of mourning after losing one of his seven relatives, over which he has to mourn. And we said that ultimately the Onen, while Midurabanan Aninus extends into the night after the day on which he lost his relative, we are, when the rabbis set up that rule, they didn't include a restriction on eating the Korban Pesach because Korban Pesach is so important, carrying with it the penalty of Karas, etc. Just to make sure something's perfectly clear, it's the failure to bring the Korban Pesach which carries with it the penalty of Karas, not the failure to eat the Korban Pesach, and that should be kept in mind. Be that as it may, here the Mishnah says, Onen, that Onen who we are letting eat the Korban Pesach on the Leil HaSeder, even though he lost his relative earlier in that, that day, but it's a new day, the 15th of Nisan now, Tovel Va'ochel Es Pischol Erev. He is required to go to the mikveh and do a tevila prior to eating from the Korban Pesach. And then that night he'll be able to eat it. So we're talking here about a tevila which is totally, um, it's a dinder all to itself, it stands alone. We're requiring him to do it. Um, and we are going to have him do it after his Do'oraisa Aninus ends, meaning after the day has passed. So he's going to do his tefillah that evening, immediately prior to going to eat his Korban Pesach. And the rationale for this immersion, according to the Bartonora, is that while he was in his state of Aninus, he certainly didn't have the presence of mind to make sure he stayed taller necessarily, and he may have come into contact with some tummy items. So now we're making one of the mikvah, um, to make sure that's at least removed. It is a little peculiar in as much as we are not requiring him to have now hair of Shemesh, meaning usually after a person goes to the mikvah, he has this vest tuma, he's a tuful yom, a shen tuma, couldn't catch him. And we're not requiring him to wait. He's going to go to the mikvah and then eat immediately, um, according to that, which is a little, a little peculiar, but that is what it is. There are others who learn um, that... There's simply a dinder abanan for anybody who is ineligible of to eat the Koran Pesach for whatever reason um, to go to the mikvah prior to consuming it. Okay, now so that's our own in here, and we're saying that he can eat the Koran Pesach that night after going to the mikvah. Aval lo bekadshim, but the Mishnah makes it clear that that's a special din that applies to the Koran Pesach because the Koran Pesach is so important; it carries with it the kars penalty, whereas an onan on, let's say, sukkahs or shvuas, whatever the case may be, um, certainly would not have this leniency, and he would be forbidden from eating karbanos the night after the day of Zaninus because he's an onan amid the There's a discussion in the Gemara, a machlokas, a what's with the other, let's say, the korban chagiga that's eaten at Leil HaSeder. So either you're going to say that the special dispensation applies just the Korban Pesach, and therefore he wouldn't be able to eat from the Chagiga, but he could eat from the Korban Pesach, and perhaps then just the Kazai is the Korban Pesach. Or the other possibility is that it's just too inconsistent to allow a person to eat from the Korban Pesach, but at the same time you're treating him as a Tavul Yom and the with regard to the other Korban at the table, and therefore this dispensation, let's call it whatever, this rule of leniency applies throughout the entire Leil HaSeder, both to the Korban Pesach as well as um, other Kachim that night. Now, the mission continues on to discuss other Onanin, people who are an Aninus, but only Medurabanan altogether. 
So we have two cases. The first is Hashomea al Meso, a person who heard that their relative died. That is to say, the relative passed away previously, days ago, but he only learns of it today, let's say the 14th of Nisan. So the din is that a person who hears about his relative dying is also got the status of an onen, but that aninas is durabanan altogether. It has no doraisa status, and therefore the rabbis did not extend such aninas into the night that follows the day. And there's a separate category as vahamalaket lo atzamos, a person who literally who gathered up his bones. That's a literal translation. Now what it's referring to is in the time of the Mishnah, many people were buried twice, called secondary burial. Initially they were buried um, in the ground and the body was left to decompose there. And then the bones were retrieved once all the flesh had decomposed and the bones were put into a um, what's called an ossuary, like a bone box. And they were kept there and they were sort of, the, that box was kept in a, in a mausoleum, like in a family burial crypt. Those Mishnais and Baba Basra and then Nazir talking about these, like the crypts. So you can still see those. I actually sent a picture not long ago when I sent the picture of the Golel out. Um, so behind that Golel was several like burial chambers. And there's also just to the right of that picture, one of the, which you can see the area they enter in where the Golel was. Um, there was a separate, I'll call it a graveyard for lack of a better term, for secondary burial where they put the bodies in and then then you know disinterred them, exhuming the bodies and putting the bones into these ossuaries and for storage in the the family burial crypts. So the day that you exhume taking the body, the bones out the ground, it's like a revisiting of the Aninus Midarabanan. We are not talking about a person who is physically involved in exhuming bones, because that person will be Tomei as a Tomei mace, bones that you carry, convey Toma, even with a small amount, add some kasaura, barley amounts of what can make you, make you Tomei, and furthermore, a whole skeleton, or even most of a skeleton, convey Toma if you simply um, are Mahil, you stand over it, or it stands over you, etc. We're talking about just a spectator, a person, you know, went to the ceremony where someone else exhumed their relative and reinterred them in the in the ossuary, etc. Um, but that, of course, like is sort of like a second burial, and they're revisiting the pain of the loss of the relative, and therefore they're considered to be an onan, again, midirabanan. So those are the two cases here. That second case of the malakat lo atzamos, while that was the metzies in the time of the Mishnah, the Shulchan Aruch brings down the halacha, and it has a second application, which is lamaisa on, on some level, which is that there is a custom... Um, to have one's to be buried in Eretz Yisrael and to to make that happen and therefore people who were buried originally in Chutzlaretz are from time to time you know disinterred and then reburied in Eretz Yisrael such a reburial would have the same would have the same status of being known it so there is some halachal mice there in any case both those people the person who learned that their relative died on that day and the person who had the reburial on that day they are onan and midorabanan but the aninus doesn't extend into the nighttime. And therefore, tovel, they'll have to, again, immerse themselves prior to consuming kachim. Um, but then, v'ochel b'kachim, they can eat any kachim. So, again, the bartender's rationale, that they're not going to be able to have their presence of mind to make sure they don't become tummy. So we have to make them go to mikvah again. But once they come out the mikvah, so then we let them eat any um, any kachim, not just the korban pesach, because there's no dinder abundant of aninus that night at all. Okay. New new din here. Gerishness Geir Be'er Pesach. What about a 
convert, a non-Jew who becomes a Jew on the 14th of Nisan. So to become, to convert, when really there's the sort of four essential ingredients for a male convert, three for a female, you have to essentially accept the Torah. You have to get brismila if you're a male, that's our topic here. You go to the mikvah and you bring korbanos. Someone who hasn't done all four of those things is, the, the I should say a korban. You bring a korban ola, either one animal or two birds. Now, a person who hasn't done those steps may not participate in the korban Pesach. But even if he has done those steps, we're now going to discuss if he's eligible to participate immediately in the korban Pesach or not. <clears throat> so the Mishnah says, Gershaz gar be'er Pesach, be'shamay omrim, be'shamay hold tovel. He just goes to the mikvah. Some learn this is just on what the actual immersion he uses for conversion. Others learn it's this statutory requirement to do the tevila for anybody before eating Korban Pesach. They weren't eligible previously, like a convert. And then that night he'll eat the Korban Pesach. Straightforward enough. Um, that's Beisham Shita. More on that in a moment. disagree, and they say, One who separates from the orla, that's the foreskin, meaning after his circumcision, in his conversion process, Kaporish minha kever. It's like one who has separated from the grave, meaning he carries with him a tuma, a seven-day tuma, and therefore he'll be ineligible to participate in the Korban Pesach. He has to first become tower under the normal procedure of becoming tower from exposure to tumas mace, meaning he has to get sprinkled with the mechatas, the paraduma, red heifer water on the third and seventh day, etc. Okay. Now there's a little more here than meets the eye. First of all, what's driving Beis Hillel Shita? Beis Hillel Shita is that we're concerned that a person who was not Jewish, who doesn't have halachas applied to him, he might have been exposed to a corpse in those seven days prior to, 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 to Pesach. And because he's not Jewish, he's sort of impervious to Tuva, to, to Tuma, excuse me. Non-Jews can't become Tomei. Midrban they happen to be Tomei, but that's not the point. The point is that exposure to a mace doesn't care with it the seven-day waiting period at all. So, Hillel's concern is, Beis Hillel's concern is, that this person will have been exposed to a corpse in the previous seven days. He'll go to the mikvah, and then he'll eat the Korban Pesach, and he'll think, oh, if I'm exposed to a corpse in the future, it's simply the mikvah immersion that I need in order to participate in the Korban Pesach or other korbanos. And therefore, Beis Hillel will require the full tahar process so he doesn't mix that halacha up. Um, Beis reject that, and they say, listen, the Korban Pesach is so important, again, carries with the penalty of Karas, for failure to bring it, so we're going to let him participate in the Korban Pesach. We don't want him to miss out on that. That means that Beishamai agrees that he in principle, just he doesn't want it to impede the convert's participation in the in the Korban Pesach. So that means for other Korbanos, even Beishamai would agree there's a seven-day waiting period that would include the, you know, the Hazaya, the sprinkling on the third and seventh day, etc. For other korbanos, it's just not for the korban Pesach. <clears throat> now, Halach, of course, is like Beis Hillel, but let me clarify. Beis Hillel, although he says you separate it from an orla, it's as if you separate it from the grave, but he is specifically referring to converts. That is to say, for example, let's say a Jew who, for whatever reason, hadn't been circumcised, let's say his brothers, well, it doesn't make a difference, he hadn't been circumcised, and now he does get circumcised immediately prior to his consumption of the Korban Pesach, he is eligible after going <clears throat> to the to the mikvah, perhaps, he might need to, um, but beyond that, he can participate right away, there's no reason for him not to eat it, because we're not, we're not concerned about this tumah that wouldn't apply to non-Jews. So though, Beis Hillel does say a portion of 
Kaporshman a kever. He doesn't mean any Orla. He means the non-Jew in his conversion process. And it stands we're talking about a non-Jewish male that converts. Okay, so halach is like Beisel, but only for conversions. And <clears throat> it applies across the board for any, any korbanos. Um, he has first go to the mikveh after the seven-day tar process. And with that, we finish the eighth parak of Psachim and go on to the ninth parak, which focuses on the Pesach Sheni.